Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. What an amazing time in worship. What an amazing time to spend in the presence of the Lord. And what an exciting time to celebrate the very thing that God has done to bring us life and life abundantly. There we go. And so we are privileged. Man, what a great time in worship that was. What a beautiful, beautiful set of songs to remind us that we have been set free. We're completely, completely set free in our hearts. Now, I've been a, I've been a Christian for um, almost 40 years. I got saved when I was three. Um, just joking, just joking. And uh, <clears throat> it's been an amazing journey. And, and every time that uh, I come back to a Good Friday experience, one of the things that makes Good Friday special for me, um, and I think I've said this before, I, I never get tired of communion. I, it, it's, it's much more than a ritual for me. It's much more than something that we do to kind of um, just go through the, the motions um, and it, it is, uh, there's two symbols that are involved in it. And one of the symbols is the bread, the broken body of Jesus Christ. The symbol that, that represents his broken body. And, and then, the, of course, the, the grape juice, or uh, what represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And sometimes it's awkward to talk about blood. Sometimes it's talk, awkward to talk about those kinds of things in our, in our world. But it is the very thing that had to be shed so that your sins and my sins could be forgiven. Yeah, it's powerful. And that's what happened on the cross. That's what Good Friday is all about, is remembering the very thing that Jesus did to uh, redeem our lives, to break the chains of sin in our lives, to allow us to live a life that is guilt and shame free. That's what it's all about. I wanna talk about that tonight for just a few minutes. And then we're going to receive communion together. For, the, for many of the, the Good Fridays that I've experienced, we've, we've really focused on all the kind of the, the, the emotional tugs of what happened. You know, Jesus cried in the garden, and there in that garden he cried because he, he felt the burden of the journey he was about to take to die for you and me. It was there that he was betrayed by Judas and kissed by Judas. We call it the Judas kiss, right? The guy, the person that, that kind of tra uh, is a traitor um, that, that comes and kisses Jesus to identify Jesus to the guards. And the guards then take him away and begin the process of beating and, and scourging. And for me, those moments are, are incredibly emotional simply because I realize he's, those, those moments of punishment, those moments of, of pain, those moments of suffering were for you and for me. They're my suffering, what I should experience because of my sin. But I wanted to ask this question tonight. We get caught up in those moments, but we don't often ask this question. What does the cross mean for me every day of my life? When I wake up in the morning, what does that cross mean? What does the cross, what does the work of the cross mean to you and to me? when we wake up in the morning, when we're walking through the day, when we're laying our head down at night on our pillows, what does the cross really mean? For the day-to-day -day world, 
Not for these moments of Good Friday. I think it's really important that we recognize Good Friday. That's why we're here. But what does it mean? There, I think there are several reasons that uh, help us get through the day because the cross is there. Did you know that um, guilt has a grave effect on our self-worth and esteem? Did you know that feeling guilty is uh, part, of, uh, part of the way of life? In fact, studies show that many people spend as many as five hours a week feeling guilty. In almost the same amount of time, do they feel shame? And in, it's interesting, it's, and it's not always about not doing things wrong. It's not always about the mistakes we've made, but the things that we haven't accomplished. We feel guilty for not being the husband or the wife that we should be, or the mom or the dad or the educator, whatever, whatever position or role or situation we're in. We, we kind of feel guilty about those things, not being the high achiever in those areas. We also feel guilty about those things that we've done wrong or, or people that we've wronged. And we feel guilty about those things. It, 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 it's an interesting thing that, that happens. Along with guilt comes shame, frustration. And the two things that are most highly associated with guilt is anxiety and depression. Really fascinating. The, the two things that come along with, with guilt and shame are, are the are two things that are high in our society today, especially in the American society, is anxiety and depression. That, 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 those anxious feelings of, of never being enough or, or being the wrong person or have wronged somebody or done something wrong, of feeling guilty about those things and becoming more consumed with those emotions and feelings than we, uh, we should. Most people who feel guilty are trying to make up for their mistakes. Most people who are feeling these, these guilt feelings are trying to um, make up for them somehow and, and get over them. If I could just do enough to stop feeling guilty, that would be really cool. There was a study done. They call it the wine study. And they took a bunch of people and they told them that they had a choice uh, to buy an $8 bottle of wine for dinner or they could buy a $20 uh, bottle of wine. And the, the, some of the people who bought the $8 uh, bottle of wine were compared to the, the persons that bought the $20 bottle of wine. And, and what they said in this study, and it was, it was kind, of a, kind of a laboratory thing, but people didn't realize what was really going on, is that if you bought an $8 bottle of wine, you're a cheapskate. And you really don't care about the people that are, you're having dinner with and you're having a bottle of wine with. And, and they made the, the people that uh, bought the cheaper wine, even though it might have been a good frugal financial choice, um, they made them feel guilty. And then they were offered the opportunity to help pay for the $20 bottles of wine that were, that were purchased by the other people. And, of course, the $8 people were like, yeah, we'll pitch in. We'll be happy they ended up spending more than they would have spent because be, feeling guilty makes you want to make up for it. Feeling guilty ma what makes you want to kind of go through life and, and, and make up for that wrong or that, that problem or that situation or circumstance. And as a result, we go through life feeling this shame or this, this guilt. These, these people that bought the $8, oh, man, I was a cheapskate. Oh, man, I didn't care about the people. Oh, man. And pretty, you know, instead of saying, hey, I was smart. I bought eight, I saved 12 bucks. 
and feeling okay about that, they, were, they felt guilty. How, how many things in life do we go through where the world is telling us one thing and we realize we're, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just feeling guilty about not living up to a standard that's being set by somebody else. And then the other side of this, and this is the most important part, is we have done things wrong. I haven't met somebody yet that's lived a perfect life other than Jesus. I haven't met anybody that doesn't make mistakes. I haven't met anybody that uh, doesn't have uh, a few challenges that either at work or in their marriage or with their kids or, or in their neighborhood or whatever the case may be. There's something that is a tension there and, and, and they've made mistakes and they wish they could have done something different. And, and what these studies are showing is that um, people uh, spend about five hours a week just feeling guilty. Guilt-ridden people spend more time thinking about negative things in their lives than they do positive. Because they feel bad. They think everything else is bad along with it. They see that through that lens. They see it through the guilt lens instead of the freedom lens. It's funny how we... we it, it's, it's actually pretty intentional how we worshipped just now. Because what we want to understand is that something is super powerful in what happens when we embrace the work of the cross. When we embrace the work of the cross, when we understand that Jesus, the perfect human being, the only one that's ever lived a perfect life, only one that never made a mistake, only, only one that could say, I have no regrets, and then he went to the cross where people who make mistakes and have regrets go there. And he died for you and me. Day to day, you and I have the opportunity to live guilt-free. We don't have to spend five hours a week. That's almost a working day. Thinking, worrying, frustrated, anxious about the mistakes that we've made or the guilt that we feel or the shame that comes with all of that. We don't have to feel that. We, we can understand that we can wake up in the morning and go, I'm free. Yeah? I'm free. We can wake up in the morning and go, no guilt right here. No guilt. No shame. In fact, the Bible tells us that when we accept the forgiveness and the work of the cross, we can stand before the almighty God, a holy God, without shame. And we can boldly come into his presence. Where before, man, if you didn't have it together, don't go see God. It's a dangerous task. In Isaiah 53, it's, it's the passage in Scripture called the Suffering Servant Passage. And it's a little longer than what I'm going to read to you, but um, it's a really powerful couple of verses. In Isaiah 53, verse 4, it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But as he was, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Oh, what an amazing passage of scripture that describes exactly what Jesus did to give us a guilt free, shame-free, I-can-walk-into-God's-presence life. 
and we can wake up every morning, we can wake, walk through the day, we can hold our head up high, not looking down, not feeling shamed, not any of that. Why? Because Jesus has done what it takes to make you and I holy, righteous, pure, clean. It's powerful. It says in verse 4, surely he took up our pain. And, and, and basically he's, he's saying, I, I picked up the pain of your suffering, the suffering from our mistakes, the suffering from the things that we've done wrong, the guilt that we're feeling, the shame that we're going through, the, the anxiety and the depression because we've, we've messed people over. It, 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 it's all of that that he takes up. He picks it up and carries it. That's what the cross does. He bore our suffering upon him. He bore it. He took all the burden. There was a moment on the cross when Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I believe it was at that very point that Jesus, the innocent Jesus, the Jesus that never made a mistake in his lifetime, that did not deserve that punishment, took upon himself the punishment. He bore our suffering. What we deserved, he took upon himself. And then it says in verse 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions, our wrong things. He was pierced. And the Bible tells us that while on the cross, there was a sword stuck in his side. That sword was used to prove that he was dead. That out of that, the, the hole of that, that um, sword uh, piercing would come water from the, from the uh, parent. Uh, the, the surrounding of the heart. And it would prove that he was dead. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The, all the things that we've done wrong. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed spiritually. Physically, too, he has the power to heal us. But this doesn't refer necessarily to just the physical healings that we desire and want. In fact, we, we, we quote these verses and quite often God doesn't heal based on our physical needs, but he always heals on our spiritual needs. He always, always, because of the stripes, because of the wounds that he experienced, the piercing of his hands and his feet, the scourging that, that took nearly all of the skin off of his back and, and sides of his ribs, the blood that came out of his head as he had a crown of thorns pressed on his, his brow. All of those things were those, thing, those wounds that represented healing for us physically and spiritually, but most importantly, spiritually. It's really powerful. In 1 Peter 2, verses 23 and 25, it says this, When they hurled ins their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. This is Jesus on the cross. He did not retaliate. He made no threats. He could have. There was a song a long time ago that said he could have called 10,000 angels. He could have. Can you imagine that? Jesus on the cross going, <coughs> taking his feet off the nails and going, all right, 10,000 angels, wipe them all out. He didn't do that. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. In verse 24, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness, live guilt, shame, free. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now 
you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. What a great promise. He was pierced and crushed. He was, he was bruised and beaten so that you and I could live life without guilt and shame. Not just that. I mean, it, it would be, it, it, I mean, that's really good. Thank you, Jesus, for taking my guilt and shame away. That's awesome. But it was far more than that. It was eternal life. On Sunday, we're going to celebrate that. We're going to celebrate that moment where he defeats death, hell, and the grave. On Sunday, we get to wake up in the morning and go, Jesus, he is risen. And we can say that every day. In Matthew 26, verses 26 and 30, it says this. It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. By the way, you and I are the many in that passage. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So basically, Jesus is saying, I'm not going to have communion until I get back and take everybody with me. And then we're going to have this amazing communion experience up in heaven. I have no idea what that's going to look like. I know there's going to be a feast. We know it's going to be Mexican food. All of that. There will not be sauerkraut there if you love it. I'm sorry. Communion is a symbol of a guilt-free life. I've committed far too many sins to count. But today, I stand here guilt-free. I stand here shame-free. When the devil reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future. We are forgiven. We are set free. Our chains are broken. We, are, we have peace in our heart. We have a right relationship with Jesus. Why? Because when we say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, the Bible says he cast them as far as the east is from the west. Not in, a, in, a, in an orbit where they come back to meet each other. <laughs> in a straight line, east to west. They're gone. They're gone as far as the deepest sea. He says he, he, he takes them and forgives them. And remembers them no more. It's not that God doesn't have, a, the, 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 doesn't have a good memory. It's that he doesn't hold them against us ever again. And so all of the sins, all of the things that he bore on himself, he has allowed us, you and me, to experience forgiveness. I want you to take the cup that you were given Peel that little piece of plastic off the top of it where the cracker is. and It's just a cracker. But this cracker symbolizes something that's far more than just. 
It's the broken body of Jesus Christ. It's that pierced body that was for our transgressions. It was that broken body that allowed our iniquities, all those things that Scripture tells us, those are all gone because of the work, the body that was broken for you and for me. By His wounds we are healed spiritually. And we can be healed physically. And I want to encourage you as we get ready to receive this cracker. Will you just in faith, maybe you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's start with that. Before we even take communion, because the Bible says if, 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 you, if you're not right with God, it would be best to withhold yourself from taking communion. So let's get right with Him right now. Let's take a moment. And if, if today you need to just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of the mistakes I've made. Forgive me of, of, of those things that I've committed in my life that I'm, I regret, that I feel guilty about, that I'm, I'm, sh I'm ashamed of. Right now is the opportunity to get rid of all of that. Accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you haven't already done that. And then we can receive. We can receive the work, the symbols of the work that He has done. So if you're here, maybe online or on site, wherever you are, if you will just for this moment pray this prayer. You don't have to pray it out loud. Just pray it in your heart. Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for going to the cross and dying on the cross and doing the work that it took to forgive me of my sins. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins, that you would forgive me of the mistakes I've made in my lifetime, that you would forgive me of the things that I'm ashamed of and feel guilty about. Jesus, please forgive me. And I accept your forgiveness. And Jesus, I believe that you were raised from the dead. When we celebrate Easter, I believe in Easter. I believe that you not only died on the cross, but three days later came back to life to defeat death, hell, and the grave, to promise eternal life, to give me hope that when there is no hope in this world, there is hope in you, that there is another world to come, there is another life to experience, and most importantly, I am in right relationship with you. Jesus, I believe in the resurrection. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, whether you've prayed that again or whether you've prayed that for the very first time, it's one of the best decisions you've ever made. And in this moment, at this very second, you are completely whole. You have no sin. You have no, nothing to feel guilty about. You have no shame. And if anything is there, it's just the enemy, the devil lying to you and telling you that that was just a big emotional choice you just made. That's what the devil does. He lies. And so you and I are completely forgiven of everything. And we are in right relationship with him. Now, we can recognize his broken body. Let's pray for this symbol. Jesus, thank you so much for forgiving us of our sin. Thank you for going to the cross and allowing your body to be broken so that you and I can have all of our iniquities, all of our transgressions erased from our life. That we can, <clears throat> by your wounds, we are healed spiritually, God. We are made whole and right with you, and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would bless this symbol as we remember what you've done, 
as we celebrate the cross, we recognize the painful experience it was for you, but we recognize also the joyful experience it is for us to have our sins completely forgiven. And each day and every day, we can wake up and know that we are in right relationship with you. Bless this symbol, we pray, this, this cracker, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take the bread. Thank you, God. And be careful as you open the cup. Sometimes it's a little difficult. But this cup in it symbolizes the blood of Jesus. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So in the law, before Jesus uh, gave his life on the cross, there were animal sacrifices that were made. And each person who made an animal sacrifice had to choose the best and, and most pure animal they could find in their flock to sacrifice for the atoning of their sins. Well, Jesus did that for us. And the shedding of that, that animal's blood represented that forgiveness. And today, that, that blood was shed one last time in Jesus. And we are forgiven because of his sacrifice. So you and I don't have to sacrifice those animals anymore or go through those processes. All we have to do is recognize that Jesus did the work. And that's what this cup represents. Lord, we thank you so much for your shed blood. We thank you that you went to the cross. And God, I wish, I wish I would have never had, I wish you would have never had to, to do that. But Lord, we are faulty people and we are people who've made mistakes and you, you tell us that no one has not sinned. And, and we take that responsibility and, and Lord, we thank you that you have made it possible for us to have our sins forgiven. That tonight we are completely sin free. We don't have anything that you would judge us accordingly because of our sin. So Lord, I pray that you bless this symbol right now and help us to never forget your sacrifice. Help us to never forget your love that shared your blood so that our sins could be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus, and we thank you for this cup now, and we ask that you bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may take the cup. Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We thank you, God, for everything that you've done. We thank you that your word tells us that while we were still sinners, you died for us. That you love us so much that nothing can separate us from your love. So Lord, I pray right now for every person in this room that as we walk away from this place today, we would never forget the sacrifice that was made. We'd always remember that we can walk with our heads high because we have no guilt, no shame, yeah, we're not proud of our past, but it's gone. It's forgiven. It will not be held against us. And we thank you for that, God. And we give you the glory for saving us from our past so that we can move into our future in faith, in hope, guilt-free, shame-free, and freed up. And our chains are gone. And I thank you and I praise you for that, God. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Woo. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com 
and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.